Hello and welcome to the Betcha Sub Podcast. I'm Sammy Fishbein. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betcha Sub Podcast is your bi-weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happening in the news explained by your two funniest friends. Which is us. Yes, it is. Today we are talking about Moscow Mitch. The Democratic Debates. And Jeffrey Epstein's penis. Ew. <laughs> Let's get into it. Betches Media presents. I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. Do you like beer, Senator, or not? Uh, my party is going bet crazy. <laughs> You're the pop- Alternative facts. Oh, goodness. The Betches Sup Podcast. America! So, Brian, what's going on? So much. <laughs> so much. I know. Um... How are you doing? You just had your DST live show. Yeah, I'm recovering. Yeah. <laughs> like mentally. Not that I was even like, there's nothing really to recover from, but uh-huh. I still feel like the, the adrenaline. Sh- yeah. Like the shock of going on stage. Like mm-hmm. it just sort of, it keep it's a, it's own little time. Yeah. It takes yeah. it out of you. It really sure. does. So Brian, tell me what is getting you through the week in Trump's America. Well, on Twitter, there was this trending hashtag this week. Um, specifically, it was Hashtag Moscow Mitch. So this came after he blocked two election security bills um, after the Mueller testimony because, as we all remember, Robert Mueller, when he was testifying, he was saying that they're trying to interfere in our elections as we sit here discussing it right now. Um, And then Joe Scarborough went on a rant about it and kind of started this Moscow Mitch thing. I actually have the rant, which was is pretty great. Um, yeah. It does get a little loud, uh, just to warn all of you, because he starts to get angry, but here you go. He is, he is aiding and abetting yeah. Vladimir Putin's ongoing attempts to subvert American democracy, according to the Republican FBI, CIA, DNI, Intel Committee, all Republicans are all saying Russia is subverting American democracy and Moscow Mitch won't even let the Senate take a vote on it. Sure. That is un-American. He was angry. I heard him do this live at the time. And when he did it, I was like, that is going to stick. Yeah. Ma- there's something just so great about it. First of all, people hate Mitch McConnell, even those yes. who vote for him. Mm-hmm. So and it's like the. Trump is sort of a bit untouchable in some ways, but Mitch McConnell is like not really untouchable. Yeah. I love this hashtag. I, I yeah. think it, it will, really took this off. It's like a history book hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> it, it took off because it sticks yeah. because it's, it encompasses the fact that he is a traitor. Mm-hmm. And I think that we know that he's pissed off about it because he gave a whole speech yeah. on the Senate floor, which then Ascent, which was sort of stupid for him because now it's like officially on the congressional record. Yeah. All this criticism of him because he addressed all of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that he 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 doesn't usually let these things bother him. Yeah. He's hard to shame. He's hard to shame. But I think he realizes that like the subtext of this is that he is an actual traitor mm-hmm. and that that subtext does not you don't you don't often call people a traitor. I mean, we do these days. But yeah. like before 2016, like. Who's the only the only traitor I could really name is like Benedict Arnold. Yeah. And so it's sort of like you're putting him in that category of mm-hmm. like severe infamy. And I think he's like, oh shit, like this like I have a traitor. Yeah. And they and they have a real argument for why. Yeah. The only really thing that he can do now, yeah, he he called it modern day McCarthyism. And basically him trying to respond to these insults, or not insults, these facts, he kind of just amplified the protest more. Um, and it's also, he's up for reelection in 2020. He's probably scared. Um, he's getting a lot of attention. 
yeah. not good attention. I mean, the fact that he does have the Russians behind him is not great for mm. the like actual voting and the, you know, they, I'm sure they would help him or they will help him or they are helping him right now. But I mean, it's, Joe Scarborough mentioned it. He mentioned the DNI that all these people agree. Trump also nominated someone for the DNI, Radcliffe. Radcliffe? Yeah. yeah. So this representative, representative, yeah, he's congressman. Who um, you might remember him from the Mueller testimony. Uh-huh. He was just like shilling the the party line about yeah. like how it's fake news. Well, he was he was regurgitating Fox News. Talking it was his points. audition yeah. for this. And the the scary thing about this is that the DNI, is a, the Director of National Intelligence, is supposed to be a figure who comes to the meetings with the NSA and the CIA, and he synthesizes all the information and he presents it to the president. And he's supposed to be highly objective in how he presents these things not like here's my opinion here's my my twisted take on things and also have an intelligence background yeah and okay yes and when they created the position which was during the iraq war the 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 job qualifications basically said this person needs to have extensive intelligence experience Mm -hmm. this guy ratcliffe has been on the on the intelligence committee for like months like single digit number of months yeah he has not he claims that he's prosecuted terror cases, but apparently that's baseless. Like mm-hmm. he hasn't actually been really that involved in it. So that's really scary. Like not even just that this guy is like Trump's, you know, another Bill Barr type guy, but this is supposed to be a really serious position. Someone who can like be objective about things. And when you have someone who's just a propagandist, it's genuinely dangerous. Yeah. So, um, so I feel like now that every time a security bill will come up in the Senate, Mitch McConnell will have to will be confronted with this Moscow Mitch thing, and it seems like the only way that it, pure, like the pressure might eventually break. I hope they do pass something because if we just keep paying attention and putting this pressure on Moscow Mitch to pass this election security bill, I think it'll. I think we can shame him into doing it. I think we can shame him into doing it, but what about shaming? the party's responsible for enforcing well, it. The other thing is, is a lot of Republicans would vote for it. Yeah. It's, I would think it's, hope it's literally just this guy and like Rand Paul, the asshole who got to where he is. Cause his dad was like kind of popular, but also kind of fucked up too. Right. I mean, here's what, here's what's like a little scary. I, I could see a situation where they allow this to pass and then they completely kneecap it. Kneecap, handicap yeah. it. Kneecap, handicap. Yeah, all work. Where they completely just the enforcement of it is just totally like shot by some behind mm-hmm. the scenes action. But Mitch McConnell then has the argument that he passed it, which is kind of worst case scenario. I'd rather him continue blocking them, and then we we don't have like the guise of a security rather than him passing it and then preventing it basically. Yeah. Preventing it from being enforced. That's a potential. And maybe Trump would use his veto or something like he did with this Saudi arms sale. Oh, yes. That yeah. just happened too. that we can't talk about because there's so much shit going on. <laughs> yeah. But in short, yeah, there was a, a sale of lots <clears throat> of weapons to the Saudis. Yeah. And then the, co- the house block. Yeah. Jamal Khashoggi, also the war in Yemen. Um, the <laughs> yeah. house, the house passed it. The Senate passed it. Trump vetoed it. Why? Who knows? Because he's because the Saudis are spending millions of dollars at his hotel. Yeah, there you go. And um, and then providing him assistance. The, I'm se- sure the Senate way. tried to override his veto, and we're unable to. So the arms sale is going to happen. 
cool. More weapons for more brutal dictators. Yeah. That's us. Um, Sammy, what is getting you through this week in Trump's America? Um, this is, I mean, the debates are getting me through, but I do just want to shout out that Trump called himself the least racist person in the world. Again. But he put it in air quotes. But he put it in quotes. He doesn't understand punctuation. It's really funny because it's like, that means it's not true. Yeah, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's how normal people signify it's not true. Anyone who's ever watched Friends. I know. Should know this. Like the, the bunny ears. Yeah. You know, he, he put bunny ears on him saying he's not racist. So he's saying but, he's racist. Okay. But it's also like the least racist. It's like anytime someone says I'm the least racist, I don't have a racist bone in my body. I am not really. Anytime. I, I also feel like the word racism is quickly losing its meaning. Yeah. Which is bad mm-hmm. because it's like, okay, like when you constantly, constantly are like hammering this point of like the president's racist, the president's racist. It's almost like the people who support him are just like, okay. And yeah. And it sort of loses like all its punch, mm-hmm. which is scary because once it loses like any power that it has, it basically makes racism okay yeah not by our standard but by the, the standard of the people who don't care no i know what you mean yeah i mean I, it's also the thing is like it's i just want i'm just waiting till they get to the point where he's like yeah i am racist you know what i mean i yeah. feel like that's just gonna happen and the, people are gonna be like his supporters right. i mean yeah no that, that's what that's, <laughs> that's what, what i mean on that way but but here's the thing is that like the the supporters they are okay with being racist, but they also have to believe that they're not. Yeah. So like, that's kind of, I would say like half of being as racist as these people are is the belief in oneself that you're not. Like I'm not racist. I just don't like these people. Right. (laughs) It's like, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. Um, and then you see on the other side, um, you see sort of like on the progressive side last night I was reading that like Ellen Pompeo got attacked for calling Kamala at the debates overconfident. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so you have these, you have two sides that are just so opposed. Like you have Trump who can literally say, go back to where you're, go back to where you came from. And people are like defending that. And then on the progressive side, you have Ellen Pompeo using a word that is not racist. No, but applying it to a black woman, you have people coming after her for like this subtle potential undertone. I, I, which I, is yeah. like, it's just that to me is like even more evidence of like just how divided the country is. Uh-huh. It's it's pretty crazy, honestly. I do think it was like a wrong word to use. I don't didn't find it racist. Same. But I thought it was like no, she's. She, she's she's the right amount of confident for who she is. Right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Like, can you like I get I, I, I do see why that is sort of a trope that's been used mm-hmm. to like keep black women down. And I, I don't think that like the people who are bringing that up are like wrong. Yeah. But do you like really like Ellen Pompeo? Like, is she is, she's, is she the problem? She has children. Her children are 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 mixed race. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, She's married to a black man, I believe. Right, like you're gonna okay. I didn't yeah. even know that. Yeah, and like you're gonna come after her for like using a word that could be used for a white person too. Yeah. Like maybe if maybe if Elizabeth, like someone could say that about Elizabeth Warren, and they it's would just, never. They would, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> you know, they they could, okay. and it's just kind of a shame that like on on one side you have people who are so careful about 
or have to be so careful about the words that they use to describe someone because of the rate their race and then on the other side you have people who are literally championing someone who is mm-hmm. clearly racist yeah um but yeah i think we should get into the debate since they happened and it's all and lots of drama lots of drama so there was a second set of democratic debates um they happened tuesday and wednesday they were so there was 10 candidates for each debate each candidate had like a 30 second opening statement they had and then they had a, a lot of time to respond overall not a great way to get someone's input on a certain topic um but i feel like night one and night two were so different yeah so night one i guess we'll just we'll start with night one well maybe maybe you give your take on just the whole situation and i'll give mine and then we okay. can go through the specifics so i think night one was interesting i actually enjoyed watching it i had a lot of like yeah like i like clapped a lot like i had a like like woo, (laughs) you know what i mean moments same (laughs) i was like you go girl or guy whoever it was applying to um and then the night two it felt like it was a little disjointed it was like they were they were having those issues with the pro like there were protesters but they were having the issues with the microphones but also it just felt very like personal attacking and i felt like when i walked away with number after after night one I was like, oh, I kind of have an idea of where the people that did well, what their point, what what their point is, and what their plan is, and what they stand for. After night two, I was just like, oh, um, I don't, I don't think I learned anything. No, just other than like, I Joe Biden's teeth are like insanely Great. white and perfect. Yeah, he needs to like maybe go down a shade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a little. They're like so white that they're no longer white. They're like, they're like blue. translucent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I felt that the first night was so substantive, which was so mm-hmm. nice to see that, like, we can actually have an exchange of ideas, even though obviously there were disagreements between the moderates and the progressives. I really felt like there was substance and it was a positive debate. Yeah. I felt that night two was a night of, like, the Democratic Party self hatred emerging. Yeah. Like, the sort of, I don't know. It's just, I think it did. I think that overall, the whole. Both debates, I think they did nothing for the Democrats, because mostly because of how night two went. Mm-hmm. And that sort of made me feel like these two debate nights with 10 people each is n- no bueno. Bad look. Not to, yeah. use, not to use Spanish like yeah. the candidates do, but like it's, it, it is not a good look mm-hmm. for the Democratic Party because it doesn't it no longer even becomes about like how one candidate performs it then becomes about like which night are you on mm-hmm. and then that kind of determines your performance like in the first debate in the first um round of debates not these but the last one like a month ago like Elizabeth Warren I think didn't get as much praise because she was on the worst night well i also feel like everyone was like holding back a little bit to see what this was going to be like and then they all saw that kamala harris really shined by attacking joe biden so everyone's like oh i'm going on the attack so night two was everyone just like going on the attack and then and same with the night one because they were like mostly just it was basically the moderates coming after the progressives going into night one everyone was talking about how it's going to be the battle between bernie and elizabeth warren for their on the progressiveness and it turned out that that no they were like a tag team for progressiveness with a with a centrist coming after them and i think that 
everyone was like, okay, so they were attacking Elizabeth Warren and attacking Bernie Sanders, but they're so knowledgeable of what they believe in and how they're going to do what they want to do. So their rebuttals were always so solid. So that's why they did so well. But when they started attacking night on night two, everyone was like just attacking because everyone's more on the same page. They were, they, they weren't about their ideas. They were like, Joe Biden, you wrote this op-ed, Joe Biden, um, you supported this Cory Booker, you did stop and frisk. And it was like, but it was like, okay, what are we, what, but what, what about their plans to attack their plans? So we know where you stand on, like it happened a little bit in the beginning with Joe Biden and Kamala about their insurance plans, but still it was, it was personal. It also became about like finding the worst in each candidate, which is not good for the future. Like you're like, maybe it was a, it made someone kind of stand out last night. But like, to me, it, it actually backfired for every single one of them Mm -hmm. because it, they ended up basically attacking Obama and Obama's policies. And it's like, this is the best person we've had in the democratic party as president in like half a century, Mm -hmm. the most well-liked person. And you're literally going to, be coming after him for not being progressive enough and for those who stood behind his policies like it's just it went it it really was like it felt like cutting your nose to spite your face in just like one moment he i feel like obama was would be wouldn't be would not have been elected president had he been progressive in 2008 because we were just not in the position that we are now thankfully you know a lot of the reason we're having such progressive conversations is because he got elected he swung that pendulum and then Bernie Sanders was a presidential candidate in 2016, and he's everyone's kind of adopted a lot of his policies. And I think that if Obama had not been elected in 2008, and maybe Hillary Clinton wasn't, it was President Hillary Clinton for two terms, and Obama was running now or ran, into, he would be super progressive. Right. He just wasn't. He just he wasn't unable to be. Right. I mean, I think that you you sort of look at how I, this might not be the most democratic sounding statement for me, but they need to have the field like cut it in half enough well, like i get that there are yeah i, I was so I happy agree. to hear jay Inslee. i i thought he was oh, great yeah. i thought i think julian castro is great i don't know if he would make it into the top 10 i think andrew yang even had some really mm-hmm. interesting points and i i get that it's you want to have more voices but i think it's doing a disservice to have these two nights where you have all these ex, you know these characters who are never gonna make it yeah and they take away the time from serious people. I think, yeah, I think the first debate, they it was good that they're there because, you know, had Julian Castro not been in the first round of debates, we probably wouldn't have had the immigration distrust in. But, you know, I and I also really appreciate Jay, Jay Inslee being like, the earth is on fire! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I'm like, thank you. I'm glad someone's saying it. I, I, and same, Mayor Pete did the same thing in his own, he was like one of the few people that said anything about it in his opening statement on the yeah. night one. So I was just like, that's because that's something that really freaks me out. Also, the moderators were like such shady bitches the way they were oh. phrasing their questions. I was like, you love this. She hates that. Why is she wrong? Is, is she a fugly slut? Like, it yeah. was like... They're what? literally pitting them against each other. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what are you doing, guys? Go on Betcha, the Betcha Sub Instagram. You can see an imitation of Elise. Elise does an imitation of the moderators. It is so fucking funny. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I thought the moderators did a huge disservice. I think CNN, what the hell are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. like it's terrible. But ultimately, if I have one takeaway, Elizabeth Warren has by by miles, in my opinion, the most cohesive worldview of any of them out there. And 
I, I feel that sometimes when you're camp, when people are campaigning, there's like two sort of ways that they they talk about things. One is that they talk about like the grievances and they get political and inspirational, mm-hmm. but like sort of not the most substance substantive. And then you have when they talk about their plans and like what the plan will do and why it's good. I think the only person who can seamlessly move between those two things is Elizabeth mm-hmm. Warren because of how holistic and just com- like it's like yin and yang like it mm-hmm. like works it makes sense her worldview aligns with what her plans are she look i haven't like personally examined the numbers on her plans to like check her math but like it seems like she has done her homework on how to actually pay for things and it's just it's so clear that she is the heavyweight of all these people even more yeah. than bernie mm-hmm. i think i think she really is the most consistent person on that stage in general yeah because it, it did seem like a lot of the time people were doing the politics they were talking discussing the politics the view and elizabeth warren was talking the substance and the plan bernie sanders was also talking the substance and the plan i think that they i think the two of them after the two nights walked away and been with the most benefits i think that they benefited the most out of anyone agreed i think i was i wasn't disappointed by kamala I just think that she sort of slipped into politician mode. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's fine. Sometimes people are on their game. Sometimes people are off their game. But I feel that she kind of like went into that sort of that that mode that is a little bit more standard politician. A little more sterile. Sterile. Yeah. It's like because like she does. She's doing her closing statement. And I don't know if it's because that I pay attention or like a lot. But I've just heard her say this like literally verbatim a yeah. few times. And I'm like, girl, this is a this is a national debate. Come up with a new talking point for your fucking closing statement. Right, right. I just I felt that she wasn't like she didn't do as holistic. I I love her, and that's why I'm even bringing her up right now. Yeah. Because I really felt that she didn't do as like holistic of a job as everyone else did. Like mm-hmm. I didn't feel that she was speaking from her heart as as I have seen her. And like, look, it's sometimes people just have like off nights, but because of how important these events are, yeah, it's like you really can't have an off night mm-hmm. at this because you lose momentum, you lose the fundraising. It's- Especially if you have a big moment, you need to get that keep that moment, momentum going. If you plateau, it it just doesn't look good. Right. She needed exactly. she needed to excel because she had already excelled. Yeah. Should we talk about what people were talking about? Yes. So Medicare for all was a big topic of conversation because who the f- like because people are like some people want to keep o- Obamacare, some people want to go all all public, some people want both. It's like in the middle. Everyone is everyone has a different idea. Yeah, so on night one, you had the moderates, which you can't even tell them apart. John Delaney, Steve Bullock, John Hickenlooper, and Tim Ryan. And they were basically like, we can't change the system. Everyone likes their doctors. Everyone likes their insurance. No, I don't know anyone who likes their insurance, but whatever. People may like their doctors, but they don't. That doesn't matter about the insurance. I would prefer to switch doctors and find another doctor that I like with better insurance. Uh, yeah, well, it's also, it's like, if you... if. My employer switched my insurance. I would be like, okay. Yeah, you have no choice. <laughs> I would also just be like, yeah, cool. Do I still, can I still go to the doctor? Great. <laughs> like, like the, I, the I don't I- give a fuck. The idea that people actually have control over their doctor or their insurance in an employer sponsored healthcare system is ridiculous. Like, well, it's also, not the reality. Also, your employer could just be like, you know what? I don't feel like paying for this anymore. You're not going to yeah. have insurance anymore. And it's like, what? 
Yeah, or we have to pay for like a, a worse plan. It's like, I don't, I, I think pers- personally, the whole idea that employers pay for insurance, I'm not just saying because I am an employer. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that employers are responsible for paying for people's insurance makes no sense to me mm-hmm. because just thinking about like, okay, we can give you just in our own office, we can give you options. But like, what if you don't like any of those options? Like, what if you want to pay more or pay less than yeah. what we offer you? It's like, why is it on the employers? No, yeah. Like, who thought of the idea that it should be on the employer? Someone trying to make money off of it, I'm sure. Right. And I mean, the insurance company, like, I, what I like is that Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders are not afraid to sit, to stand up to the insurance companies. Mm-hmm. And that's because they're taking no money from them. Mm-hmm. And other people are. Pharmaceuticals. And- yeah. And I mean, so the, the, the moderate line on all of this was like so annoying to hear because it's just so tired. It's so yeah. stale. And, and I like that Elizabeth, I like that they were saying, I like that they that the candidates continuously said to CNN, you are regurgitating Republican talking points. Mm -hmm. Why are you not like actually asking honest questions? Because they're talking about like, it's going to cost you less. Your taxes will go up. But at the end of the day, you're paying less for healthcare because you're paying for it in your taxes. The cost is going down and they wouldn't understand that. Right. And like for whatever reason, they couldn't grasp that and they kept attacking them with these like, Republican talking points about it. Well, because they wanted them to say, yes, your taxes will go up without the, but your insurance premiums will go down. Yeah, they don't And it's like, oh God, like, I don't even know. Um, What else? Immigration. Immigration. um, There was a lot of debate about it on night two, especially between Biden and Julian Castro. um, Because Joe Biden was like, it should be illegal, blah, blah, blah. And Castro was like, you don't know what you're talking about because immigration is just it needs reform here's what i wish someone would say that decriminalization does not mean legalization mm-hmm. they're different things so d de- so what i what i've come to understand i guess is that the is that because it is technically a criminal violation rather than a civil violation that that enable that is what enables trump to separate families and actually put people in detention centers but if you decriminalized it they would still get a violation mm-hmm. assuming that they are actually crossing the border illegally and not claiming asylum. Yeah. If they were to get a, a civil violation, you don't, you're not able to separate them from their families and detain them indefinitely, but it would still not just be fine yeah, to cross no. the border. Well, it's just like, but I think what also people keep forgetting is that we basically we've slowed down our asylum process to very small. They close the port of entry. They don't. They only process a certain amount of people a day, and then so people are forced across illegally. Like we saw that that father and his child died because they were trying to they were trying to come legally for yeah. like a month and a half, but they're stationed in Mexico and where there's a lot of crime and rape. So they're like, we need to get the fuck out of here and get to America, but they can't. So they have to cross illegally, and then they died. So it's like we, they, like I, I we, sh- I, they need a better process. Yeah, I mean, I like that Kirsten Gillibrand actually addressed the conditions that people are facing and said them, stated them in their home countries mm-hmm. that causes them to come here. Because I think a lot of people, if you're not paying close attention, miss that. And the truth is, yes, people, gangs will come to. To someone in Honduras or Guatemala or and say if you don't if you don't give me all your money we will kill your family or they will say yeah. we're just gonna come in here and rape you yeah. like the fact that she actually called that out 
I think is something that needs to be said because that's just one of those things that like I think politicians assume, but they don't state. Yeah. That that's really the source of the problem. These people aren't coming for fun. Mm-hmm. It's not fun to come here as an immigrant. It's no. like very hard. You don't know the language, maybe, probably. You probably don't have a lot of money. They're it's, desperate. They just y- need to get out of there. Yeah, exactly. Um, two things that weren't mentioned that I found to be deeply disappointing were abortion and mm-hmm. climate change. Climate change was like peripherally mentioned. It wasn't like, like, oh, this little problem we're having. Yeah, but it's like literally going to be the end like, all. It's going to. Yeah. And I mean, also, I mean, you have you've had these bills passed just speaking to women's rights. You've had these bills passed in all of these states. Mm -hmm. What about asking them, what are you going to do to protect reproductive freedom? Yeah. Like this is obviously a huge issue that galvanized many people. It's not just a female problem. It's Mm -hmm. also a male problem. Yeah. And the fact that that doesn't even get any discussion when most of the majority of Americans favor abortion access. Mm -hmm. How could you not bring that up? Yeah. Why why bring things up that are just going to only cause division between the moderate and progressive wings? Yeah. And not something that unites everyone. So, I feel like some of my favorite parts were and my favorite part was was on night one um with Elizabeth Warren. She basically she got asked this question about uh what would you do would John Delaney would be part of your corporate tax cut, $65 million. Like her and John Delaney were going back and forth a lot. And there was this one moment where if I could kick one person off, it would be him. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to play the clip because it's amazing. I think Democrats win when we run on real solutions, not impossible promises. When we run on things that are workable, not fairy tale economics. Look at the story of Detroit, this amazing city that we're in. This city is turning around because the government and the private sector are working well together. That has to be our model going forward. You know, I don't understand why anybody goes to all the trouble of running for president of the United States just to talk about what we really can't do and shouldn't fight for. That was one of my snapping moments. I snapped for that. That's what I mean when I say she has the most cohesive worldview. Mm -hmm. Like, she, she believes this shit in her soul. Yeah. And she'll stand up for it. Yeah. Um, what else? What other? Um, there was the there was the part the part between Bernie that became a meme. Yeah. <laughs> so it was basically at one point Nick and Looper tried to get Sanders to admit that his policies were a bit too ambitious, um, and kind of backfired. I think if we're going to force Americans to make these radical changes, they're not going to go along. You uh, throw your hands up, but you right. ha- you haven't. Imp- <laughs> oh, I can do it. <laughs> that was a little embarrassing for that other guy. Because I, the thing about Bernie Sanders is he like does shit like that and doesn't give a fuck. So like, yeah. it's like if if because he doesn't care, he's like whatever. Yeah, I'll throw my hands up. And the other guy was like, uh, he like didn't know what to do. I just felt on night one that the lack of respect that these four white men who don't belong up there mm-hmm. have for <laughs> genuinely genuine progressive ideas that should be entertained. Because you know what, most of the Western world has them. Yeah. So the fact that they can't even like respect these ideas and just continuously call them ridiculous. I know. It's like, why can't you just be like, maybe I don't agree with that. But to call them patently ridiculous and fairy tale is, mm-hmm. why is it a fairy tale? What about, what about Sweden? All Scandinavian countries. What about 
What about England? The, 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 All these countries yeah. have these things. The, Why can't we? The far left in, the, in America is just the left everywhere else, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, so now on night two, so Kamala Harris kind of got, a, got attacked by yeah. Tulsi Gabbard. Um, about her prosecution record. Tulsi um, Gabbard, who entertains dictators like mm-hmm. Assad and is questionably a Russian uh, yeah. something. <laughs> She's a, she also was like a, I feel like she kind of fear mongers a little bit, Tulsi Gabbard. She, like, yeah. she closed her state, or she ended her with her closing statement basically being like, what are you going to do when a missile's coming for you and you have 30 minutes to hide? And it's like, uh, die, I guess. Like, yeah, I'll just be dead. I don't know. Okay. Well, <laughs> maybe, maybe if you weren't again, sitting with dictators like Assad and those who launched these aforementioned missiles at us. Yeah. Like I look, I get it. She's, she's a patriot. She's fought for our country. All the respect in the world for that. But then why are you sitting with Assad? Yeah, just so just let's play this Tulsi Gabbard uh, Kamala clip. Now, Senator Harris says she's proud of her record as a prosecutor and that she'll be a prosecutor president, but I'm deeply concerned about this record. There are too many examples to cite, but she put over 1,500 people in jail for marijuana violations and then laughed about it when she was asked if she ever smoked marijuana. She blocked evidence. Ouch. She blocked evidence that would have freed an innocent man from death row until the courts forced her to do so. She kept people in prison beyond their sentences to use them as cheap labor for the state of California. And she fought to keep cash bail system in place. The issue with that was that all of those attacks, you can't really address those. How is she supposed to quickly address each and every one of those things? Yeah. And this whole prosecutor thing that people come after Kamala for, but then she is the one... I think she tries to embrace the prosecutor title. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's like not make that your brand. Yeah. Like it's like, it's, I don't think there's anything wrong with becoming a prosecutor. And I do understand her argument. She's trying, she tried to reform from the inside and I'm not like, she broke the wheel to quote Daenerys Targaryen. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> she wanted to break it. Yeah. I mean, I think that this whole idea of like making, like putting Kamala Harris in this prosecutor box that she also kind of tries to put herself well, in. Well, she doesn't. No, no good. Because she like like in her closing statement, she's like, "I'm gonna prosecute the the case against Donald Trump." Yeah. And it's there's a whole long rap sheet. It's like that's what I'm saying. I've she heard retur- this line. Right. She returns to her lines and like no, like speak. I want her to speak from the heart, which I believe that she can. But mm-hmm. I think that she gets caught up in trying to be like between in a in a box that she knows is like acceptable because she knows there are attacks out there yeah it's a bit disappointing um another clip we have is of a booker biden exchange um biden did everyone's saying biden did better last night he didn't just didn't then he did the previous one i guess that's so he just didn't do much for me okay the fact that biden will not even go on pot save america when Mm -hmm. every candidate has gone is really a bet like that to me is like a bellwether for his inability to campaign anymore well him coming out and being like take it easy on me kid to um kamala harris like off the get-go is so fucking condescending he needs to swallow his pride just like move aside but also like don't like she's a a senator who's running for president don't call her kid despite you yeah yeah and now you're just reinforcing the idea that she is 40 years younger than you right like cool man i mean he look i get it that he's polling better technically than everyone else but that's just because everyone knows his name he is not i haven't seen him campaign 
once at like yeah. just in front of a no, normal be, group of people because he's campaigning to big donors. Um, so let's play this Booker Biden cut. We have a system right now that's broken. And if you want to compare records, and frankly, I'm shocked that you do, uh, I am happy to do that. Because all of the problems that he is talking about that he created, I actually led the bill that got passed into law that reverses the damage that your bills that you were, frankly, to correct you, Mr. Vice President, you were bragging, calling it the Biden crime bill up till 2015. Vice President Biden. Number one, the bill he talks about is a bill that in my, our administration, we passed. We passed that bill that you added on to. That's the bill, in mm-hmm. fact, you passed. And the fact of the matter is, secondly, the, there was nothing done for the entire eight years he was mayor. There was nothing done to deal with the police department that was corrupt. Why did you announce in the first day a zero tolerance policy of stop and frisk and hire Rudy Giuliani's guy in 2007 when I was trying to get rid of the crack cocaine. Um, Mr. Vice President, there's a saying in my community, you're dipping into the Kool-Aid and you don't even know the flavor. Uh, Wow. Yeah. Um, Booker had a good night. Booker had a great night. I think he came out of debate two with the best, the best. Here's what's like so hard about this is that these these moments like okay so he had it's almost like luck yeah like you had a good night so then that drives the next few weeks of the campaign but like because of how these debates are structured it is almost luck whether you have a good night or a bad night and i don't think that that is how we should be evaluating people when you especially when you have the fields of and there are several people still in it who are not going to be president yeah could they need to they need to condense it so that you give more time for the people who actually who actually may be the candidate to express their views and come up against each other and i think that you would ultimately have a more respectful conversation if you yeah. did that um <clears throat> another big moment was Julian Castro and Biden talking about immigration which we kind of mentioned before um we actually have that clip as well which we will play The fact of the matter is you should be able to, if you cross the border illegally, you should be able to be sent back. It's a crime. It's a crime. And it's not one that in fact. Thank thank you, Mr. Vice President. Secretary Castro, please. uh, First of all, Mr. Vice President, it looks like one of us has learned the lessons of the past and one of us hasn't. Let me begin by telling you. That was a good line. Yeah. Let me just start out by answering that question. My immigration plan would also fix the broken legal immigration system because we do have a problem with that. Secondly, the only way that we're going to guarantee that these kinds of family separations don't happen in the future is that we need to repeal this law. There's still going to be consequences if somebody crosses the border. It's a civil action. Also, we have 654 miles of fencing. We have thousands of personnel at the border. We have uh, planes, we have Secretary. boats, we have helicopters, we have security Secretary cameras. Castro, what we need you. are politicians that actually up. have some guts on this issue. Thank you, Secretary. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, I, go ahead. I was going to say, so who do you think were were your top five of the two nights? Who do you think came out the best? Um, Warren, Sanders, Booker, Castro, and Kamala. Yeah, that's a good one. But. I think Mayor Pete did pretty good oh, too. Oh, maybe I would even. I would. I think I would take put out him above Kamala. Yeah, I I, I forgot about. He's yeah. great at debating. Yeah, and I think he would be a great candidate. I just worry that he's. 
two small potatoes and mm-hmm. then he might because he doesn't have that much experience he might end up looking small next to trump like looking yeah. like a wimp mm-hmm. and i worry that he might just because of again like it's a fluke if you do well in these in these yeah. things i think yeah like he that's why if you condense it to the smaller number of candidates you can actually see who can like withstand the pressure in like a more significant way and like yeah when the camera pans to you like six times in a whole debate you just have to nail six performance six lines yeah and that is why ultimately i feel that this whole charade I shouldn't even be I shouldn't even be able to call it a charade. Yeah. But I feel like it is a bit of a charade and I do feel that it is overall a net negative and a setback for all of the Democrats. Yeah. Even even for someone who does so well. Well, we're just playing the reality TV game. That's it's literally what it is it is now. It's who looks like how who can land a zinger, who can do this, who can do that. Right. That's why the next debates will be better because the threshold there's only 7 people who've qualified so far for the fall debates. Who are they? <laughs> I mean, the top five, um, I think Amy Klobuchar hasn't. Kirsten Gillibrand has not. Get them out. Or maybe Amy Klobuchar has. I don't think she has. There's seven. I don't Beto know. has. Beto has. Mayor P. Um, there's one Kamala, more. Kamala, Biden, Warren, Kam- Sanders. Mm-hmm. And one more? Yeah, I think so. One Is more. it Andrew Yang? I don't think so. I don't no? know. We'll figure it out and let you all know. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, I think it's just, uh, it's, an, it's a net negative. Mm-hmm. Because now you have people from the same party on the record attacking each other, pointing out criticisms that we don't really need pointed out. And ultimately I think it hurts all of us. I really do. Um, It hurts progressive ideals because you have people in the party who are like, this is why you shouldn't be following that. Mm -hmm. Not good. The whole thing disappointed me, to be honest. If it was just night one, I wouldn't have been disappointed. Yes, but that exactly. That's why it has to be in one night. So it doesn't have to be about like, what's the tone of the debate you got randomly selected in, allegedly. Mm. I mean, also like, did you happen to see the CNN commercials for this? It was. No, sorry. I shook my head. No, I forget. Sometimes I forget I'm on a podcast. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, uh, Avi and I saw it and we both. Cringed. We're like, oh my god! Oh, like, like where it's like Beto. Yes, I saw those. I was like Sanders, and right, it was an oof. It's kind of just even though I, yeah, even though I like all those people, Mm -hmm. the whole or many of them, the whole thing was a giant oof. Yeah, it really was. Before we move on to one more thing, which will be super quick, but I do feel like we have to bring it up because it's about Jeffrey Epstein, and I don't want him to go away. Truth. Um, I mean, I want him to go away, but I don't want this story to go away. Yes. Um, we just want to ask you to please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. It really helps us. It helps this podcast grow when you guys review it, when the reviews are good, especially, and it really just means a lot to us to hear your feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, also. Please subscribe to the Betches Sup newsletter at betches.co slash sup sign up. Right now we're doing a $200 giveaway on ASOS, which you are automatically entered to win if you sign up within the next, if you sign up before next Wednesday. Yes. You're automatically entered to win $200 to ASOS. So please sign up betches.co slash sup sign up. It's hilarious. Elise writes it every day and she just really kills it. And you get your news straight to your inbox at lunchtime. Okay. It's, it's amazing. I read it every day. Yeah. I would hope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to one more thing. Do you want to do you want to run through it? 
Uh, sure. Um, the New York Times published a piece with the headline, Jeffrey Epstein hoped to seed human race with his DNA. The word seed, it just like makes my skin crawl. I mean, it is so gross. It's <laughs> always the most heinous human beings who want to spread their DNA. So he just it described how Epstein desired to curry favor with accomplished scientists to, to quote, pursue interest in eugenics and other fringe fields like cryogenics. Um, which is just gross. He wanted to basically just impregnate women at his New Mexico ranch. Yeah, he wanted to use this as a base where he could inseminate women with his sperm and give birth to his babies. And he used to use, used to have lavish dinner parties to screen candidates to have his children. Um, I mean, this is a sick <clears throat> man. Yeah. This is not only a man who compiled a web of underage girls to basically force them to engage in sexual activity with them but he was also like thinking bigger Mm -hmm. like how do i get more of me yeah on this planet for eternity not only this he wanted to uh, to figure out a way to freeze his head and his penis honestly why don't you freeze the whole body right (laughs) right like where do you what do you want to do with the, the penis and the head afterwards i mean this is a sick sick individual and I I am I, I don't have words. I just don't. So this guy is continues to be human scum. I hope he goes to prison for life, which he hopefully probably will. Um yeah, we hope. Yeah. But um honestly shout out to Julie K Brown for her amazing reporting and how she keeps she keeps honestly like she keeps at it and I think that there's also going to be more that comes out about Alan Dershowitz as we know he wrote that op-ed the other day. Mhm. Defending himself. Yeah, it was basically like, if you can get a, if you can get an abortion at sixteen, why can't you have sex with an with a forty year old man? It's like, ugh, Honest, fifteen. No, he was arguing for fifteen years old. Sorry. Yeah, I mean they've started. Not that these, that's better. These people have again. It's sort of like of when when they know they have nowhere to go, they just embrace it. They embrace their racism. They embrace their pedophilia, and they're like, yeah, this mm-hmm. is what I believe in, and then they can justify it because there are people who agree with them. Grossly enough. Okay. So people who don't agree with them, like us, need to band together and spread the message that, that we don't agree. So just rate, weird. review, subscribe. It's just, is it like in the Bible not to have sex with underage children or are they like get going early? I have no idea. I mean, look at the Catholic Church. They don't care. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> they don't care what the Bible says. You're right. They're going to have sex with it's children. It's so disappointing. And this, I think, fits in so well with everything Elizabeth Warren saying. It's so disappointing to see that the institutions that have run society up until now just are imbued with racism, sexism, pedophilia, just this gross corruption. And it's just, it's, it's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, there was one other thing that came out about, oh, these Nixon Reagan tapes. Oh, I know. Where they're being blatantly racist. And these are heroes. So blatantly racist. That, you, guys need to, you guys need to listen to that tape around Reagan. It's like, I, can, I don't even want to like tell you what he said because it was so Gross. awful. And he's their hero. And we, we've acted like this hasn't been happening the whole time, but yeah. it has. Google Reagan Nixon tapes, please. Yeah. Have fun. All right. This has been our show. Until the end of democracy, I'm Sammy Fishbein. I'm Brian Russell-Smith. And this has been the Betcha Sup Podcast. I thought you forgot your name. I almost did. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Betches.